Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Gale, it's Friday, it's the UBP, it's the Untitled Panda Podcast. I'm Spot Hilford, you are Jules Gale. That's me rolling all of them together on my soundboard. In a Sonic-like fashion, even though we weren't going to talk about Sonic, because you were like, I don't want to talk about every single hour of the day. Listen, I'm not playing anything else. I'm happy to talk about Sonic, but I told you last week that my approach to it was an apathetic shrug. I told you that it was an apathetic shrug with meh underneath as a subtitle. I'm still still like that. If you saw saw the majesty, the 210 million box office majesty that is Sonic 2, destroying lives. I am 34 years old and (laughs) I have seen a lot. I have done a lot. And I feel that my life is uh, arguably going to be worse from seeing Sonic 2 because (laughs) I am starting to look at life and how much time I have left. (laughs) I I purposely left out most of the Sonic questions. I thought I'd give you a reprieve from me coming at you with Sonic stuff all week. Um, Sue, first question is from McAllister NYC who says, happy Happy lad, I've messed that up entirely. Oh, happy yeah, lads, <laughs> happy lads, howdy Friday. Seeing reports of Sony and Microsoft wanting to put adverts in games. Any idea how that would even work? And would you play a game with ads in it? Have a lovely weekend. Same to you. Now, these reports yeah. that have come out, and uh, one of them's from Insider, the other one's from Business Insider. Both of them are pretty much the same thing in regards to Sony and Microsoft wanting to put adverts literally in games. So billboards mm-hmm. would change. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the side of a mug might change or whatever it is. Um, but the Sony side of things also mentioned putting adverts in pause menus. So this isn't yeah. this isn't a brand new thing. If, if a lot of game companies tried this in the 2000s, yeah. um, Burnout Paradise Center or two, whatever. What do you think of this stuff? Would, would you be okay with it? Or does it just feel a bit too intrusive? It's so anytime that we have real world companies interacting with video games, I always feel like there's a degree of oiliness that I don't actually appreciate. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I know that we make a lot of fun about Death Stranding having weaponized piss bombs made of monster. <laughs> like I and there's a comedy value to that, but it yes. is actually kind of gross at the same time that it's just like so egregiously in your face. Like this is the brand that is sponsoring this video game. Oh yeah, there's AMC like, adverts all over that thing. There was like uh, Doritos in uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Or there was some advert that they uh, yeah. tied up with on that one. Um, uh, it was SSX Tricky or SSX 3 that had loads of billboards advertising Mountain Dew and stuff mm. like that. And it was like lots of... And Mercenaries 2 infamously had a an achievement tied to destroying all of the billboards that was in the game uh, okay. alongside so many other things, which was actually the devs fighting back against the uh, publisher saying you have to have in-game advertisements this, for yeah, real-world products. We just had products. that go up in one of the, uh, the videos. I, I actually wrote that, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, yeah. This thing so, is interesting though, because if, it, if it's like a live portal between, you know, like say you're, you know, Sony and you give like Snickers like access yeah. to your billboards, and mm-hmm. then they just obviously they'd have to still run it past someone. But I think the idea of a more like uh, like a live connection between the advertising company, like I don't, it makes, I don't mind if a billboards, I don't mind if a sports arenas and stuff, like, right. but I don't know. 
so I I can understand if you're playing like uh, fight nights uh, back in mm. the day, or you're playing like a FIFA game, or any of the new MMA stuff. You have mm. real world brands integrated into the sport because it's all over the octagon and their trunks and whatever mm. they're wearing. Mm. That's in a way is fine. But if they started going like you've just scored a goal in the new FIFA game, and it goes the um, replay sponsored by Snickers, and then takes a five <laughs> second break to talk about Snickers before it shows yes. you the gameplay, mm -hmm. then I feel that that is an intrusive and unnecessary component. That the benefit of which is going straight to the publishers. Mm -hmm. It's not. It, we do not, uh, as consumers, benefit from this decision at all, no. and we are paying all of this extra money for a video game experience that is meant to be an escape of some sort from our own reality where we are advertised to relentlessly. Well, that's the thing. And I, I was saying on the uh, the video that we did that YouTube adverts have only got more intrusive as well. <laughs> Obviously, we rely on them. We're a business, but like the double ad, the double 20 second ad is yeah. very regular um, these days. The, the interesting thing with this is that so far, um, both Xbox and Sony have only talked about applying these advert models, advertising models to free to play titles. And I wonder if that's because um, the loot box model, the microtransaction model, the yeah. NFT model, they've all imploded. They've all been so roundly hated is and it's like you know if you're a dev team that wants to sort of run any sort of triple a or you know moderately budgeted free-to-play title you need decent wages for those people to maintain the service to maintain the the teams themselves is this just the next version of how do we pay these teams over time? Now, I, I agree that that is on a free-to-play model, uh, probably the most acceptable of a mm. non-acceptable uh, form that I would say, um, because like you say, it allows them to cover base costs. The problem is, is that they will still be run alongside the microtransactions. They will still oh God, be run yeah. alongside the <laughs> NFTs. They will still be run alongside all of these horrible practices. So what mm -hmm. we're doing here is just adding like another tire to the fire and it's mm -hmm. stinking out our streets. You know <laughs> I mean? Like, I don't want to be sniffing on rubber. Well, bad thing, I, I said to Josh, it'll get worse before it gets better. And as much as they're saying we're trialing it in free to play titles, if it works and it makes them a lot of money, then mm -hmm. I don't, I wouldn't put it past someone like Sony who, you know, are, are helping Polyphony Digital charge an insane amount of money for a single digital car yeah. to not put it in premium titles too. The problem then starts to stem of when the advertising it's a slippery slope if you allow it in like the pause menus or on billboards that's mm. one thing but if you then start adding uh, in that there is a for a nominal fee you can play the game without adverts you are then exactly. turning advertising into a microtransaction paywall mm -hmm. effectively that you can get over then you've got to start looking at how games will start applying these real world logos and advertising things like oh um there is a new Cadbury's Dairy Milk uh, Mercedes-Benz <laughs> collaboration for... It's the, the new Eggman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it'll be like GTA 5, and you'll be like, oh, you can only buy this pack if you watch a certain amount of adverts. Mm -hmm. Or you'll get a discount if you watch a certain amount of adverts and sign up to a mailing list. You know what I mean? They start, like, using them uh, to encourage players to give up actual personal information more so than they've given in the game, add them to mailing lists, like, to future scams, cold calling, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It is a very dangerous thing to well, allow them into the video games in any form yeah personal data is mentioned in some of these reports as well and also the fact that they only want to have a select amount of brands that would um be greenlit to be as part of the, the platform and everything we also have to worry about as well how uh, brands would actually start to affect gameplay elements so for mm. example if you had uh, a mountain dew sports car right mm. just mm -hmm. go bear with me on this one and you were putting it into like the new uh gran turismo mm-hmm 
they may say, right, well, we don't want to show our car that we've spent all this money like uh, advertising to have a real world collision damage affect mm. it because we want our brand to remain there. We don't want to ever see like a, a wreckage with Mountain Dew written on it. That doesn't do well for our brand. Right, right, so right. they might make it so that the gameplay means that that particular car won't receive damage because this of the fact the of their sponsors. Problem, yeah. But then we start going into who has the actual relationship of power. Like you mm. have the, uh, the sponsors. Do they have say over what goes in the game and how it's presented mm. or does the game uh, do the publishers and the developers go no 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 you're lucky to be included in our game yeah. it starts the symbiotic relationship starts turning poisonous very I mean, quickly we've done so many adverts and and we do so many like sponsored things and all of those mm. things come with specific ways to represent that brand specific things to say specific messages they want to get across if you bring yeah. more of those things into a literal game space then maybe that company doesn't want their billboard being blown up in, an otherwise, yeah. in a game otherwise filled with carnage and that stuff just starts to feel weird um, one thing like, I mentioned, oh sorry, just sorry. super quickly, is you know when you play like mobile games and sometimes you get the free version where it's like finish the level and then sit through an advert before you can do yeah. another level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that would apply to something like a Sonic game or whatever. Yeah. I think that yeah. anything that is you know you, you could potentially see that model uh, coming through as well. It's a very very slippery slope, and I really don't like that they would be adding it in. Unfortunately, mm. though, the fact that they're already trialing it means that some people at the higher ups obviously think that there's um, a lot of benefit in this idea, and so we will likely <laughs> see it within a lot of titles. Uh, come the end of this year, perhaps. Yeah, well, so, so the Sony side, um, according to three insiders, um, uh, they're apparently rolling them out across 2022, but I guess we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to tie in with the new PlayStation Plus stuff because then you'll yep. have more games in front of more people than ever and then try and find some way of plugging a new Netflix billboard into your original copy of Tekken 3 or whatever yep. it is. Um, but that's, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that stuff for the rest of this. Yeah, next question from Darren Martin, who says, hello, legends, hope you're both keeping well. Who is each of your favorite game developers and the games they've made? Oh, good one. question. And thank you very much for the kind words. Yes, um, thank you. I'd say that my game developers that I absolutely love are Devolver Digital. Um, they are just very, very cool. All mm. of the games that they put out are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. are the guys who make uh, Bastion and Transistor? That was super giant. Oh, super giant. Yeah, yeah. Super, super giant. giant. I, such a shout. Yeah. Like every single uh, title that they touch is just pure and utter gold, <laughs> my friend. I'm also, at the moment, I've just started a playthrough of Death's Door, and I don't know who makes Ooh, that. Let me just Death's Door is very nice. We should yeah. throw in if we're going to talk because Devolver, like they house so many smaller devs. Like they've they've put it, they get mm-hmm. their name out there, but they are they're the publisher, but they tend to sort of oh. get alongside uh, devs too. Devolver Digital published Death Store and it's Acid Nerve, uh, <laughs> right. who uh, I I love this game. I think it's absolutely brilliant. So uh, they've also made Titan Souls back in the day yes. as well, which is also a brilliant. I never got through so... Titan Souls, but I finished Death Store. That that game's gorgeous. I think in terms mm-hmm. of I think of um, Devolver as like the A twenty four of games. I feel like they have a very good yeah. deft hand of just kind of go, okay, this this deserves a budget this deserves a budget um i love because they've got track to yomi coming out at the start of next month this really cool nice. black and white samurai game um for me i sort of just go with um a mix of like insomniac and naughty dog um mm-hmm. i like now how much naughty dog pushed the cinematic side of things i used to adore hideo kojima it's not that i don't that much anymore but death Stranding, like the way that story yeah. goes um, by the way I have you played that. the um the director's cut of it yet yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't oh, yeah, finish all... it, but I... Oh, I was about to say, what did you think of it? it? I thought it was solid. I mean, Josh finished it. He he thought he couldn't notice any difference, but it's like really? they, did, they did add like a lot of... Um, it was more gameplay stuff that they added, like right. different ways to get packages across the land. You can get a big, um, like a big cannon that fires Yeah, I was about to say, the cannon looks hilarious. And, yeah, and you can do like stunts on bikes and stuff. So um, those things are cool. But in terms of like, um, like yeah, in terms of like auteurs and everything, I love Corey Barlog. I tend to be like specific people. Like I love your Yushin right. Kawa's artwork, right. or yeah. I love Corey Barlog's writing, or I love Neil Druckmann's project or direction um yeah. so i would go to um like you said like super giant um are a massive shout as well because they're just so 
artistically minded um hades was incredible yeah so yeah now it's interesting that you mentioned the singular sort of uh, mm. auteur directors. Um, I was actually speaking to somebody within the business, and I won't name names, but he works for a very big uh, publishing company, mm. and he was saying that like, is it Peter Molyneux? Oh, no, no, <laughs> me and Peter are not going for pints down the <laughs> Peter. bar. Peter, um, the thing is, is that uh, uh, he was saying that um, he personally doesn't like it when uh, these directors get the sole credit for uh, the projects that come out and it has their mm. name plastered all over them. Because mm. at the end of the day, there are countless devs and like testers of and course, all these yeah. like amazing technicians that work on making the games, and it does kind of to a slight detriment take away the efforts of their work to basically pin it all on this one person and he was saying and again i won't name names who about this person he was talking about he was saying that this person in question used to arrive in the office and really not have much of a hands-on thing was very right. happy to take credit for the work that people were doing like a would, would, approach. yeah would show up to sort of like ideas and pitch meetings and just mm. go yeah the general consensus seems to be fine yep yeah, cool fine i will take well that tends that. to be like the the george lucas thing where they sort of come mm. in and all the artists have done their work and they've got the storyboards ready to go and the different concept designers and everything and they just walk around the room going like yeah not that okay that right yeah sure. oh, man and you, then they get to seen- walk away and get all the credit have you seen that Ren and Stimpy uh, short where they do? Um, so I think it's uh, Ren has told Stimpy that he wants an animation made, and okay. so so Stimpy's there like drawing for like hours and hours and hours, like, days and days, like furiously under mm. really harsh conditions to get these animation panels done. Mm. And at the end of things, Ren walks through and he's like got this massive pointer that's got like a grabber on the end, and he just starts plucking the ideas off the wall. <laughs> and he goes, "No, nope, we're not keeping that. We're not keeping that. We're not keeping that." Right. And at the very end of things, he's left with one or two ideas, and that's it. And he's like left sobbing. Then I'm like, <laughs> "This is actually a very like I imagine that a lot of like artists, animators, oh, and yeah. game developers probably are like, yeah, this is a bit too close to home." <laughs> oh yeah, well I mean these problems like yeah, this this general business model has been a thing for as long as artists and business minded yeah. people have collaborated. So I think yeah, it's uh, it's it's massive valid another team and um, we're shouting out is remedy i feel like they've oh, only gone remedy from strength again. to strength obviously crossfire x is a big black mark in there i was just about to that's say not but- i'm gonna argue that's not them that's like when metallica did the lulu album that's sort of like <laughs> they they helped someone else so that's not their game um yeah. but whereas if you sort of you know you go max Payne, max Payne 2 um and quantum well quantum break was i guess like a weaker one but control is phenomenal and even yeah. quantum breaks um production was still solid um remedy will be up there for me as well they're just in terms of anything that has an, an auteur stamp where you can see like a signature feel um, yeah. is what comes out. I might just completely agree with you with Supergiant. They might be the single best dev as a team, creatively yeah. minded gameplay wise, etc. Um, the um... Hades is incredible. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The team behind Disco Elysium as well. Um, oh. The fact that they managed to... Um, Forget zoom, their names. Zoom something. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, apologies it's, it's like to them. Yeah, like ZA-OM or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so apologies, to them. <laughs> apologies to them. Um, but they, the work that they put in there was one of those sort of like, we will take everything that the uh, popular video game market tells us we shouldn't do mm. and do it and double down on it. And what oh. they, achi- they achieved was not only a game that resonated with so many critics, but happened to sell incredibly well. Mm. And with their enhanced editions that they put out and with the version the final cut that added in the voice um, lines as well yes you have yeah. a game there that is like monumentally well told but mm-hmm. is so personal each and every step of the way Literally. that you're just like this is a love letter to the series to the idea of um point and click puzzle games and murder mystery stuff Fantastic. yeah yeah like literally hands down that is literally the best written video game of all time like it yeah is i easily... will not disagree with you on that no one. like i mean go play disco elysium if you haven't all the hype is real just go in and yeah. know that, that however game will... I actually wanted to give a little bit of a, um, a disclaimer to those who might actually go and pick up this uh, this game. Do not be afraid if this game makes you feel a bit stupid from time That's to time. That's what I was going to say. It, it reveals throws, stuff about you. Yeah, yeah, It throws around so many large concepts that the, the average person, I would argue, doesn't have a huge grasp on. Like, no, I was quite lost with parts of it. <laughs> they'll understand like basic concepts to do with like the nihilistic tones and the sort of like capitalistic uh, stuff that they're talking about. But don't go in there thinking that you need to have this lexicon there. What it does is encourage you to go and say, right, I'm going to take a break from this game and actually mm. learn what they're talking about here. Like, what are they on about when they're talking mm. about this like uh, far-fetched concept that I don't understand? Once you come back to the game with that, you then start to realize how confusing it is to exist in Harry's body because of the fact that he doesn't have a clue what's going on half yeah. the time. It is very hard to understand some of the uh, high-level concepts that people talk about in the day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, believe it or not, it's just a load of hot air. People are actually well, just wafting a lot of their own big ideas with fancy words and don't actually have that much to say. Yeah, that's one of the best things about it. It's just, it is just this big... It's, it's like a murder mystery like overall framework, but it is just this big melting pot on um, philosophy, big personal philosophies, politics, yeah. where you come yeah. down on different ways of living and, uh, and different opinions that you have. And I love that it gives... Obviously, if you play on PlayStation, um, I love that you get trophies that let you mark your profile, being like, oh, yeah. super hyper-left, were you or you thought yeah, this way did yeah. you oh you, you figured it out this way did you or you didn't care about this person's feeling yeah like that stuff's brilliant and i think that um yeah it's just it, the whole like the genius of that game the thing that apparently it took the dev team i think it was seven years or something to get right is that you are playing various thought processes you're putting together yeah. the ability to think as you go that's the genius thing yeah and so yeah you figure out different ways of thinking always you already think that then manifest in the game as you play 
because I love that it acts as like an almost direct challenge to people who approach games and say, I'm going to play this as a good guy. I'm going to play this as a bad guy. The thing is, is that we as humans, we uh, make decisions every single day that are selfish, that are contradictory, that sometimes go against what we actually uh, say and what we do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this game actually forces you to realize that uh, you can't play this game like a game. There is no mm. outcome that is better by doing something 100% down a certain path mm. because the, the ambiguous nature of humanity is reflected in this game. And I know I sound like one of those really <laughs> like pretentious critics that it seems to be blowing a lot of smoke up this game, but it really is a special treat for those yeah. that are willing to put time and effort into learning its fundamentals it's and going with the game rather than like, fighting against it. Yeah, it is absolutely remarkable. I think that the first time through, I mean, obviously, so you can replay it. There's a million ways you can mm-hmm. play it, loads of different endings. Um, but I feel like the first time through, that's the thing that sticks with you. And I feel like the, there's a there's a real tone to Disco Elysium that's very like um dour and sort yeah. of drained of all color, but it's the little fragments of life in there that it's brilliant. It's uh, just go play Disco Elysium, it's a good yeah. time. Yeah, um, uh, and next question from Tristan Vetta, who says, Which ga- which gaming franchise have you never been bothered about? But when you did play, you loved it. Theirs were Soulsborne games. Always looked at them oh, and really? went, Nope, not for me. But then they've now Platinum, Sekiro, Bloodborne and Elden Ring so man that's exactly what happened to um to Ash who's obviously now working for PlayStation Access like she was so nonplussed about the um like, she did uh, hate Sekiro, but she eventually yeah. came around recently. Yeah, and, and then it, then she was like going through all of the Dark Souls stuff. She's going through Elden Ring and stuff like that, and it's like, oh, see, you love the franchise now because you've been like <laughs> exposed to it in that way. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I tell you what. Every single time I sit down and I play a FIFA game with friends, I have yeah. an absolute blast. I get yes. my ass absolutely kicked. Like <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not good at it at all. Right. And I always leave the experience thinking, man, I, I should probably like pick up a game one, maybe one year, just mm-hmm. have a go at it. But I mm-hmm. never ever do. But every single time I play it, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Do you know what? I can see why people like this I, game. I'm kind of having that. <clears throat> excuse me, having that with the new um, WWE 2K22. I still mm-hmm. I put a tweet out because I've still never done a single WWE match on it. It's just been AEW. I'm just modding everything. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Um, but and I can't say it doesn't fit this question entirely because I was a massive wrestling fan in the early 2000s. But coming back to it, I'm having a lot. Like, like you said, I have a lot of fun with sports games, even if you lo- usually don't bother with them. Yeah. Um, my main one would be XCOM because I didn't bother with grid based stuff and um, yep. grid based strategy stuff at all growing up. And then I finally played um, XCOM Enemy Unknown in 2012. Yep. Um, and that was like a light bulb, where have you been all my life moment where I was like, oh my God, they were, they were right about Final Fantasy Tactics. I should have yeah. played that alongside the main ones. Um, and then just getting lost in as much grid-based stuff as possible. Mario and Rabbids give me all of oh, it. Mate, I, I know. It's the se- so the sequel's coming out soon, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be this year unless it gets delayed. But yeah, that'll be my thing. Uh, I guess that's almost like a, um, a genre thing, but definitely yeah. XCOM where I was like, okay, this goes way further back than I thought. Huge deal. I've got a kind of twist on that in a mm. way, in the sense that I still don't get it in terms of a gameplay perspective, but I can understand why people are absolutely besotted with it. And that mm. was, um, so I played a lot of uh, DayZ when it came out, which is obviously a mod for Armor, yeah. which was like the originator, some would say, of the um, the Battle Royale formula and the player unknowns Battlegrounds sort of mm. thing jumped off from that. Mm-hmm. Now, I... Never played Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I've never played it. Really? Okay. I've just I've I've watched people play it, and I just can see that they can get a lot of enjoyment. And to be honest, I and um I actually enjoy watching people mm. play. It. I think that it's actually quite fun. I think it's more fun as a spectator thing. It's 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 got a lot better now, but it was ropey as hell when it first launched. Now, Rich and Heppel and I went out to Germany to go and actually mm. witness a PUBG. Uh, event live mm. like a big sort of tournament and when mm. i sat there in the seats and i watched like there was literally thousands of people watching these teams play live i was like 
okay, now I get it. This right, is right. a sport event for some people. This is absolutely brilliant. All of these people here, they're not playing the game. They're mm. watching other people play the game and they are having the best time of their life doing so because mm. they can like analyze it like a coach would analyze watching back like a play-by-play of their like sports team. And I was like, okay, I'm never going to pick up the game and I probably, <laughs> and I don't actually like battle Royale games to be honest that much no, at all. Either. But I will appreciate that what it did for the genre is There's actually amazing. As well, about it for PUBG, they do really good spectator cams where, like, you know, the audience can be detached outside the house, knowing yeah. the guy's stuck in the bathroom, knowing someone's coming around yeah. the corner, and neither of them know where each other are, and then waiting for that stuff to kick off. Like those moments can be really good. Um, we got a bunch of questions about um, the death or the potential death of physical media. There's a lot of conversation okay. around, or there's always conversation around um, mm-hmm. physical versus digital. And with the PlayStation 5 coming back into stock, people saying, should they get the digital one or the physical one? Um, what, where are you generally at on that stuff? Do you have, when was the last time you bought a physical video game? Because I hadn't for years. And then recently, um, I bought WWE physical. Mm-hmm. I bought Elden Ring physical. Mm-hmm. Elden Ring was because I wanted to have it immortalized on a shelf. I wanted the fancy edition with the, um, the different patches and the badges and the metal case and everything. And so, so I've kind of started getting it's either to immortalize something or it's something that I don't know that I want to keep forever. So like WWE, I was like, this is such a random dalliance. I'm back into wrestling. I'm going to get the latest game. And yeah. I'm going to download Adam Cole and only plays him forever. And so I did a lot of that. Um, but other than that, I've I almost entirely buy digital. So it's like, yeah, yeah I, I, I do kind of see where the death of physical stuff comes from. I... <sighs> Again, this goes back to the sort of like uh, Disco Elysium gray nature of morality and humanity. Mm. Uh, I champion (laughs) buying physical media. Mm -hmm. I have an extensive PlayStation 1 collection. uh, But in all honesty, I am am fully digital at the moment. I, I don't. I don't have space. Like every other mm. bit of space is either taken up by Warhammer, as you can see in my <laughs> webcam. So it's either taken by Warhammer or board games. Uh-huh. I don't have space to have a video game library, so I do buy a lot of digital stuff. Mm. And to be honest, a lot of the stuff, as I've said before, I get sent through for review, and that's usually in the form of digital copies. I just oh yeah, checked. they've stopped giving for any physical discs yeah. these days. Yeah. I just checked to see when the last uh, PS4 game mm. that I remember buying. Mm-hmm. 2018 was the last time I bought a <laughs> was physical it God of War? game. It was Valkyrie Chronicles. Nice. <laughs> See, I think like I, I, the thing is, I like the um, the tactility of physical media. Like I love mm-hmm. um, vinyl. Like I mean, I, I'm that guy. I'm the guy who has his who bruises coffee for 45 minutes and puts a vinyl on. I'm that guy. Yeah, man. Only occasionally, but I like it, and I like I, I like holding the thing that you love. It's why I collect all of my figures and collectibles and stuff. Yeah, because I like having a physical representation of something. But at the same time, um, there is something to an easy access digital library of. I love entire franchises when you can just dip into an entire franchise. Yeah. Like not to make every little thing about sonic but i do have every single sonic game <laughs> uh, all yeah. on my xbox because they're all backwards compatible and i bought sonic colors the other day because i was like, that's one of the only gaps in my library and yeah. so when you go on my xbox every single sonic game is there all 30 years of them um and i think that's quite satisfying too even though i don't know if it'd be more satisfying if it was a physical collection maybe but i'd have to get off the couch every time i want to switch a game and i don't want to do that well, the thing is, is that like uh, James Niles and I, we fired up uh, Streets of Rage 4 the other day, just for nice. a little bit of like a chat and a chill and a play. And mm-hmm. um, we were looking at it and obviously we both got it on. Uh, I've got it on Steam. Mm-hmm. He's got it on Xbox Game Pass. And obviously it's free on there. Mm-hmm. Then it has the little tag on the bottom saying leaving ga- Xbox Game Pass mm-hmm. pretty soon. And I was like, I do want to own this game. This is I want to have this copy of the game, but it is going. There is mm-hmm. at some point mm-hmm. it's like, I will not have a copy of this game unless I go and actually buy it. Mm-hmm. And I was a bit like, that is the problem with digital media. Any one time <laughs> the uh, the developer can revoke it. You can, as people found out when they had uh, downloaded their own versions of PT, mm-hmm. 
uh, it was removed from the store. Mm. And then in subsequent updates, it would actually remove it from the system, wouldn't it? You'd well, have to actually like, of, um, find a way of getting around it. Wouldn't yeah, it? there's a bunch of Ubisoft games. Uh, uh, like, right, there was a thing breaking last night of like Assassin's Creed 2 or various Ubisoft games uh, on Xbox 360 and PS3. Their servers have just shut down. Ubisoft yeah. haven't told anybody. Um, but yeah, there's that side of it where, you know, server trouble or like the licensing can change hands or whatever it is. Like, yeah, that can um, in, almost invalidate your purchase at any yeah. point. Um, which is always a thing. But if you have physical media, you have the console, you can always get something online unless it has to yes. be a server tech, yeah. um, which can sort of help things last a bit longer. Yeah, so uh, do as I say and not as I do in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Try and keep physical media alive for a bit longer at least. I think, yeah, I, I tend to go towards collector's edition stuff. Like I have a 250 mm-hmm. or 300 quid or whatever it was, Geralt behind me from The Witcher You 3. love it, mate. I love it, mate. I just want to get, I'd like having the, I'm debating getting this. Again, I can't not talk about Sonic. They've got a Sonic 31st anniversary figure and I'm debating getting him. I don't know how much he's going to be, but I want him. He's in, he jumps through the air and he, I'm sure he'll be a hundred pounds, but I, I might end up getting him. But yeah, I like the physical thing as a way to immortalize certain releases or the complete opposite where it's going to be something throwaway and I might as well trade it in and yeah. then get some money and get something else. Um, we got also a bunch of questions because I asked people whether Elden Ring was game of the year. Oh, if, it, if we could baby. literally call that right now, because it, it, I don't know if I fully agree yet. Um, I can see the argument for it, but I thought we should talk about that because um, okay, you know, right, I, I'll t- I asked people okay. what they... Okay, I'm going to throw in a negative and then you can see what you think. I okay, asked okay. people what they thought and Andy Little said, Elden Ring isn't even near the top for me. I love Souls games, but that was a subpar game uh, for them. The open world wasn't needed and reskin boss fights were just meh. Well, that is... That is quite the statement. I disagree. Yeah. I disagree, but I think that uh, you are entitled to your own opinion, my friend. And if it's not for you, <laughs> then it's not for you. Um, I personally would put Elden Ring very near the top. Mm. But the reason that I was saying, just give me two seconds, is because I've just Googled um, the classic, what games are coming in 2022 for now. Yes. And we're going to run a few a through... Few, oh, man, <laughs> through a few of them, yes. and we're going to decide whether or not there are any contenders in the ones that are coming out. Okay. Yes. So obviously, we'll start with a big one: uh, Sonic Origins. <laughs> uh, so well, okay. So Sonic Origins will be my game of the year. It might be Sonic Frontiers. How, watching... how can it be? How can it be? I, I, it looks great. It looks so good. I know it's oh, just from right. 1992 again, but uh, maybe that's all I need. Okay. So we've got. <laughs> Evil the Evil Dead the game. Evil Dead game. Do you think that could be the game of the year? Probably no, not, no. Really. I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a fun. Um, what do you call it? Uh, diametrically opposed. What do you call that thing? Yeah, where it is diametrically. It's um, asymmetrical. Asymmetrical multiplayer and <laughs> diametrically opposed. The um, now, if you one of them. I do think that there is some potential in the following one. Uh, mm. Mario Strikers Battle League. Now, Mario Strikers was a phenomenal game on the GameCube. It mm. could be the game of the year because of how fun it, like I was saying to you before, mm-hmm. this could be my football game. This could be the True. game that like gets me in and keeps me hooked. Well, I always love a good casual game in between my other bigger releases. So it probably will be that. Mm-hmm. I tell you what we're overlooking is Nintendo Switch Sports, the follow-up to Wii Sports. They're finally doing game the Game of next- the year? Well, I don't know. I mean, Wii Sports was people's game of the year in 2008, as I gesticulate mm-hmm. with my hands. But yeah. I, I wonder um, how much that'll take off. That's out like next week or something. So I, I don't know. We've got uh, Xenoblade or Xenoblade, depending mm. on how you want to pronounce it. Chronicles 3. That mm-hmm. probably will be some people's game of the year because it's um, very popular mm-hmm. uh, within certain camps. Uh, Saints Row is obviously coming in August. Uh, I hope I Saints Row is good. It's so... I, hope, I hope it's good, but I don't think that, I, I don't think it's going to escape GTA 5 Shadow. Unfortunately, everyone's just going to compare it side by side because they seem to be leaning into the we're wacky kids. It's very, yeah. I, I don't know if you can do wacky these days. I don't know if we're just It's a bit too... cringy now. It's a bit like cringy. Almost... I, it's almost like if you steer into it, all 
of us online just go, I know what you're doing. And then we yeah. see 20 different memes every hour. So it's like, yeah. oh, I don't know. By the time the memes that they put in the game come out, they're dead memes. They're already dead memes the moment they happen. Yeah. I can't remember who said it. Oh, I want to say that it's, again, it's my favorite person. H Bomber guy said that <laughs> um, uh, you call something a meme when it's an inside joke that isn't funny. Okay. <laughs> I've got the original definition of that was in a, 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 a Kojima game about like, it's about mimetic imprinting of like digital media or something. Is but it, it, given, I d- it goes outside that. Like any, the original memes weren't digital. There's a whole thing there about what a meme is. It's <laughs> to make it do with capturing a moment or something. So yeah, the yeah. next time that you at home find yourself describing something as a meme, you are admitting deep down <laughs> that you realize that it's not actually that funny. An inside joke, however, can be relentlessly funny. It's true. I think in terms of um, games this year, though, that's why I would like, I'm looking forward to the Summer Games Fest. I'm looking forward to the different um, live streams that are being rumored for this yeah. summer because I hope a bunch of stuff um, gets slotted in because obviously Starfield's probably the nearest contender. Yeah, because that's um, in, in November of, that's coming out. Yeah, and that's like Bethesda's first new IP in like 25 years mm-hmm. or something. And I hope they actually make a competent video game. That would be nice. Like Gotham Knights could be a, uh, like a sneak smash hit. I don't trust Warner Brothers to not monetize the living hell mm. out of that. But maybe, I mean, multiplayer I, Arkham. I possibly. personally think that uh, if it's not Elden Ring. Mm. Uh, It'll then be it Sonic Frontiers. Pro- yeah, I thought that. Yeah. <sighs> For me, if you're going to have Sonic Frontiers, then I'll have Warhammer 40k Dark Tide. Because <laughs> yes. I know that that game will be a banger when that arrives. Yes, I think um, that's that's the thing. In terms of, um, it feels like the bulk of this game's biggest titles are out the way. Like it feels yeah. like the opening salvo was just so insane mm-hmm. um, that I'll be amazed if anything. I mean, it's not that I'm actually calling Elden Ring, but it feels like the most likely candidate. Yeah. Um, just the most complete game, like a hundred hours of constantly surprising, rewarding fantasy adventure stuff. I just don't know if anything's going to get anywhere close to that. Yeah, maybe agreed. God of War too, if that drops, a surprise drops, but yeah, it'll, maybe. Be, it'll be uh, surprising. Um, but for now, this has been the Untitled Panther Podcast. It's been the UBP, the UBP, UBP, the UBP. Massive thank you to everybody for sending in their questions. I know we managed to do a, a grand total of about four. As That's is our, our record so far. That is our ability to blab for half now. But we'll um, we'll get to a lot more of them um, next week. But again, massive thank you for sending in all your questions. I've been Scott Hilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thank you very much for having me. And remember, you can follow us on the social medias at RetroJ for myself. And you can follow Scott over on Twitter at at slash LP89 and we'll catch you next week. Bye! powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.